You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. And I am here right now with the Beyond Synth family. Of course, we know the Beyond Synth family is Mike Mendoza. Andy, you're tearing up my heart when I'm with you. Tearing up my heart. Wait, we're not even there yet. What year is that? (laughs) (laughs) Andy, I'm from the future. (laughs) And of course... Florence Bullock. Hi, Andy. A.K.A. Glitbiter. Go get her album on Bandcamp. Yes, please buy it and listen to it on Spotify so I can make two more dollars. Yes, and do not get anything from Modern Night or Retro Promenade. It's rough. Promenade? But yeah, go listen to the new Glitbiter because you didn't hit the top 100. We got to get more fans to listen to Glass and Steel EP on Spotify. Spotify. And Marco Merrick. Hey, everyone. How you going? (laughs) Going great. (laughs) Now, you're pretending this time. I know you're super excited to get into it. I am, actually. Yeah, I am. We put so much preparation into this. I, I couldn't believe it. I actually, because I was really high when you guys were chatting, like, all the spreadsheets. I'm like, are they, are they being serious? I was showing my wife, and I'm like, are they being serious? Was this satire? Like, what are they doing? We I'm were like, so no, serious. They're gonna have all this- anyway. <laughs> no, it's funny, we though. It's, so it's good, serious. though. It's really cool. Now that it's done, I kind of get it, but... I yeah, spent good. so much time on this spreadsheet. So, I, I will say, so what we're doing today is we are continuing our reflection on the number one Billboard hits of the 90s. We're giving our ratings. Basically, we are saying whether we uh, don't like a song, whether we're indifferent, whether we like it or love it, or whether a song is just okay. And what's awesome is that Florence has designed a sort of awesome interactive spreadsheet where we put all of our rankings into it and it actually gives us a mathematical... It basically says the percentage of like how we feel about the year and then we have the number at the bottom so we can actually see like what our average score is for the year and then it also does the average of all of us together, which is really cool. So thank you, Florence, for being good at spreadsheets. You're welcome. I spent a lot of time on this. It's all colored and everything. Yeah. But, you know, I am excited queen so. yeah you are but it was through google sheets so i had to like figure out google sheets but also um shout out to mike for the uh the heat map idea which you implemented as well so we can look at each song and see if it's like green if the cell is green that means we like it and if the cell is red more red it that means we didn't like it and more to come too hopefully i can do some visualizations and shit like that yeah any tricks that help us uh, find trends and things it's funny because the fans have heard the first episode, but we've been talking like every two or three days nonstop about the things going on, and we've really been uncovering some interesting shit. Mostly about Mariah Carey, though. <laughs> yeah. Trending. She is trending on our radar. You know, she, def- she is definitely trending. I feel like I haven't talked about it too much. Like, I'm just watching you guys talk mostly about Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> well, she dominates the 90s. What are you going to do? And how much Andy hates Mariah 
Mariah Carey. Well, but that's the thing. The numbers I d- will show. I didn't realize that until doing this list. But I will also say, in, in reference to the awesome chart that Florence has made, and uh, this was Mike's suggestion that what we're going to do is maybe Florence will design like a template version. I guess the template version already exists if you just make it zero, right? Yeah. To basically, I'm going to provide a link either in this episode or someplace where you can get access to the same chart that we filled out, and then you can fill it out for yourself, lucky listener, lucky listener, uh, <laughs> nerd. Uh, yeah, it'll be easy because like you can make it a form, and it's a, it's a classic survey of like one through five dislike, uh, okay, not like. It's a really easy idea to just implement, and I think it'd be interesting to have fans filling their information and maybe we can put out stuff before the episode comes out for next time around and they can like compare they could do like a bingo and like be like oh Florence is gonna like this track and Andy's gonna hate this track hmm. um, they're, gonna, you, they're gonna win at that voted, bingo yeah. once we get to 1993 <laughs> if you vote Andy dislikes because Andy track. hates all of it Andy <laughs> hates all of the 90s yeah. I was playing around with some tableau visualizations and I literally made a bar chart and Andy hates the 90s the most Spoiler yes. alert. Really we should do the 30s. <laughs> I do. We should actually. That would be hilarious. So I, I do have something to say first, and then we'll get started. So we'll, we'll listen to a track, and then we'll... And of course, obviously, we'll be listening to awesome synthwave tunes throughout the show, uh, as we always do on Beyond Synth. This is episode something, so I'm sure you're aware of the format by now. So here is my prepared statement, because I... <laughs> well, it's not pretty, <laughs> As much as I've ever prepared in my life. So I know last time we did this, and you guys are making jokes about how I was like going into this with like a bad attitude or something (laughs) but the only reason i took sort of umbrage to that and i don't think i've ever used that word before is that not only is that not the case but it's actually the complete opposite i liken this to this year's oscars which i didn't watch so like you know how they left you know how they left the the best actor for last so that the show could end with chadwick boseman getting the oscar for best actor and everyone would feel this sense of like relief and justice and all this but then anthony hopkins wins and it sort of deflates the energy so like they went in assuming the ending building towards that ending and then it didn't happen so with this 90s list i'm gonna say this now i'm spoiling what my initial plan was i did go into this with a secret agenda that I didn't tell you guys about because I thought it would make a nice story because I secretly thought I'm always harping on about how I don't like the 90s hits and stuff we're going to do this series and at the end of it there would be this happy ending where it turns out that I was being harsh all these years <laughs> and I come away with a newfound appreciation of the 90s and Mike and I can hug because this is like a contentious topic between us and like everything would be great and be like see man like I do like the 90s and stuff and that's like the 100% truth I went into this thinking that that's how this would end well <laughs> see I knew I had a feeling that the subtext of this whole thing was a rebranding of Andy's going to be like I'm going to be more open minded and everyone's going to think Andy is super cool and, and tolerant <laughs> and optimistic well, and uh, this project's really going to redefine who Andy Synth is to everybody else and I was like yeah yeah right well, no, see, but, but the thing it is please, it. Please, we all know Andy I went into this honestly with that intention and I am actually and this is fucking no lie I am really surprised that the complete opposite is happening like as we get further into the 90s I was honestly shocked as I was doing the ratings going like are you telling me like there's there's certain years where I didn't like any of the hits but not only that I didn't like them that I hated them like it's just it, it blew my mind like I thought I honestly thought when this was over I was gonna be like you know what I've been pretty harsh 
Uh, you know, I've been wrong all these years. I really thought maybe I was wrong. I thought that's where this was going. And just so we're clear, we are just doing the number one Billboard hits. So, of course, you know, that doesn't take into account good songs that were in the top 10 and never made it to number one, because that's important as well. I still think that assessing the number one hits is an accurate way to look at the year in music, because if you were near a radio or watching music TV, like, these were the songs you would have heard the most in repetition. You know, like, if Depeche Mode makes it to number seven for like three weeks and Mariah Carey's number one for 12 you heard Mariah Carey every time the radio was on (laughs) bottom line is we're all here so we're gonna listen to a tune and then when we come back we're gonna finish off uh 1990 that's right Andy it's about that time to bring forth the rhythm and the rhyme I'm gonna get mine so get yours I want to see sweat coming out your pores the fuck is house tip (laughs) is how I'm swinging this extremely hip-hop boy I ain't singing this bringing this to the entire nation Black, white, red, brown. Feel the vibration. Oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Mike has become our uh, resident beat poet. <laughs> All right, here we go. So we got a cool one here from Fury Weekend. It's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, the Kings of the Pattersons. That's right. It's Robert D. Bishop collecting souls, dance magic, Chris Dance, and my favorite hacker, Mike Shima. You guys are the best. Here is Fury Weekend with automatic love. Love featuring Essinger.
And that was Fury Weekend with Automatic Love featuring Essinger. And uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Jose Arbello, the King of Hell, Mike Erdahl, the Donation of the Beast plus 50, Tim Carlton, the Golden Boner, and Jacob Wick, my semi-sonic friend. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I'm back here with the Beyond Synth family. We're doing our 90s review. So we left off last week. The last song that we uh, we talked about, I'm going to look at the chart here, was... Why can't I scroll up? Your chart's broken, Florence. She says... No, your mouse is broken, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> was uh, She Ain't Worth It uh, by Glenn Medeiros featuring Bobby Brown, which means we move forward to Mariah Carey, of course. <laughs> here we go again. She is the best-selling female artist oh of all time. God. Well, I get that now. Fuck. Anyway, okay, uh, here we go. Okay, so this is uh, Mariah Carey. Here's a little clip from A Vision of Love. And it was all that you've given me. So that was that. I uh, this one is a uh, a dislike for me. Oh, what a surprise! Um, I'll say I do like that spooky opening. So like the first few seconds of the song, I'm like, hey, this is cool. And then the actual song kicks in. And then I'm like, boo. Although I will. And, and oh, this is actually important. Marco brought this up last week. And this is <laughs> where I started to change the way I thought about what I mean by dislike and indifferent. And so when Marco said, you know, if this song was on the radio, I'd shut it off. <laughs> that has been my metric going forward. <laughs> And so there were dislike. Yeah, so there's certain songs where I, I think even last week where I would have said, I'm indifferent or it's okay, but then I actually thought about it, I'm like, if we were in the car and this song came on the radio, would I switch the channel? So in this case, yes, I would switch the channel. Even though this song does get a little better towards the end, if it was on, I would switch it. So it's a dislike for me. For me, the indifferent dislike started to become more defined for me this time around when I was looking at 91 hits was if this stupid song came on the, you know, when the wedding DJ played it, I would probably leave the dance floor and go get another drink. <laughs> that would be that would be like my indifferent into dislike category. Yeah. <laughs> but Mike, you you loved this song though. No, I know, yeah. Mm, I'm just saying yeah, that Mike. that for me Okay. cuz Andy was explaining how his indifferent works or dislike okay. works. Okay. Right. So I guess I'm a little more tolerant. I feel like <laughs> this fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, the the problem is that I feel like my like benchmarks have been changing as I've been listening to these '90s songs mm-hmm. too. Well, at least you are learning something, Florence. Do you think you're getting more fussy, or what do you mean? Like, yeah, no, I think I'm getting a little more like some songs. I'm like, oh, I like this, and then like couple years later, because like 
we're listening to all this all the 90s songs all together for the listeners if they don't know mm. we're on this journey together mm. and then like i get to a song in like 1997 or something and i'm just like I, this song is fine but it's i'm like kind of sick of this type of song so i'm gonna say that i'm indifferent to it rather than that it's okay so i think my my the bar is like lowering for me that's the biggest joke again this is gonna sound like i'm kidding but i feel like i've been too generous <laughs> oh my god the same thing happened to me that florence is describing such a big hot andy such a big hot man. three ghosts are gonna visit you and you're gonna fucking learn something <laughs> once i got to the mid 90s i the exact same thing that florence described happened to me where i where i started going i feel like when we were doing the 90s i was trying to be as positive as i could and so certain songs i was like i mean this is okay and then now <laughs> i'm like when a song like that pops up later on I'm like fuck this song like I wouldn't play it and then I start thinking so would I have changed the radio for those songs that I said were okay but whatever I'm like I'm not going to change too many ratings from last week so yeah Florence so Florence where do you stand on this one um I said that I was indifferent on this I don't think it has a very strong course and like Mariah Carey is very talented and I appreciate her talents as a singer but this song just doesn't really do it for me if it was on in the background I wouldn't be like oh god I can't stand it but it's just whatever so yeah indifferent how about you marco yeah for me it's an okay i mean mariah carey i know she was i mean she was dominating the charts at the time and i remember it i was at school and shit and all the girls liked him i didn't i didn't like her i mean i didn't i didn't have a problem with her i didn't dislike her but it wasn't like something i was into at the time but listening back i think she is very talented she's got a really good voice and a lot of her early songs are really good uh, for me it's just an okay i think it's a decent song you know all right man well then let's move forward to sweet sensation if wishes came True. Oh, God. <laughs> if only we could be in love that way again. If wishes came true. the dreams of man and I'd be If wishes came true. Yeah, that's all I needed to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed two seconds to remind me. This isn't a condemnation or anything, but it's just, I just don't know this band at all. Me either. Like, when I was watching the video, I'm just yeah. like, who are these people? Like, I, I didn't know this. For me, I gave this uh, an indifferent. I think the song <laughs> is boring. I think the chorus is okay. And I think if I tuned into the radio and caught the chorus... I wouldn't change it, but overall indifferent. I love it how your benchmark for everything now is if it comes on the radio. Yeah, it is, it is, it is. So I'm, I'm indifferent on this one. I'm going to just ditto Andy because that's exactly what... It, the, the, those are my exact feelings on it. I like when people ditto me. I... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Sex. You think for yourself, why don't you? Um, <laughs> Mark always just has some take out of nowhere. Where you're like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he's hearing a different conversation. Uh, Marco, where do you fall on this one? Me? Uh, yeah. I, I really dislike this song. I mean, uh, if this crap came on the radio, I'd turn it off right away. I'd be like, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> it's just, it's really soppy. It's not catchy. I mean, usually, you know, with songs you don't like, you go, well, I can see why this came to number one. It's catchy. This isn't even catchy. I mean, it's just terrible. I vaguely remember it. I don't think it did that good in the Australian charts, but I have heard it before, but it's... I haven't heard it in a long time, and uh, thankfully, so... <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> it's real bad. Hey, Mike. 
This song sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this song, it sounds like, <laughs> not to sound offensive, but when you're just on a road trip and there's no other music on and you end up on like the Christian station and you're like, and you're kind of into it and then they're like, but then Jesus took me into his arms and you're like, son of a bitch. And then you like change it immediately. Like, I think this song is a trick like that. Like, it's not, it's not a good song. I feel like a trick people into getting onto the top of the charts. Everyone sucks involved with the song. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you really don't like this one, man. That's awesome. So let's move forward here to Mr. John Bon Jovi with the classic track that hit the uh, number one for one week in 1990, Blaze of Glory. Are these all classic tracks because we all have all like heard of them? Mm-hmm. Because the fact that it's only on top of the chart for one week, it's an interesting thing whether we want to call things classic track or a one-week wonder. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm being ironic based on how I ranked it. In the future years, like 93, 90, or 94, 95, there's much less music on the charts because songs are on the charts for weeks and weeks and weeks. And like mm-hmm. in the 90s and 80s, or like 1990 at least, there's like 25 tracks on this thing. Like, oh, yeah. So all these songs were, there's a, there was a lot of juggling with what was number one. Obviously, when I, when I looked at the 80s charts, there's more songs every year. There's more songs that I like and love. That doesn't mean there isn't songs I don't like in the 80s, because there is. I think if the 80s is almost saved by the fact that there's so much variety in the chart, Imagine there's like several number ones per week because yeah. everyone was just on cocaine, <laughs> including Billboard. <laughs> Stick them all on there. Six songs this week. So I say with John Bon Jovi, I give this one a dislike and my notes. I'm just going back in my notes. I just have, <laughs> I don't like. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay, it's it spell corrected me. So it says, <laughs> I... <laughs> I, I don't like Bon Job and I don't like this song. Bon Job. That's what my fucking note says. Fucking Bon Job. So I don't I don't like Bon Job and I don't like this song. So dislike for me. Florence, where do you sit? I'm indifferent on this. I could take it. Like it's fine if it's background and I'm not paying attention to it, but I would never put it on. Yep, makes as sense. A song. So like indifferent. How do you how do you feel about Bon Job? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not familiar with Bon Job, Andy. Apparently I am. Me, can you tell me more about Bon Job? Yeah, he's real good. Oh. Uh, Mike, where do you fall? I am an okay. Just because if it came on in the background, I might bob my head to it. Uh, I am a fan of Bon Job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is also actually, Mike, my metric for okay. I was thinking about that when we get to the later 90s with like TLC and stuff. I, like, I don't know if I would say I love this song, but if it's on and the beat's going and I'm like bobbing to it, I'm like, you know what? That's an okay. It made me bob my head, you know? Yeah. Uh, Marco. Yeah, this one's a, an indifferent for me. I mean, I liked the song at the time. I believe it was on the uh, Young Guns 2 soundtrack. So he did the whole soundtrack, I'm pretty sure. And it was popular at the time and I liked it. But I think this was a point with 
with Bon Jovi and it kind of changed from being really cool in the 80s to like kind of getting really commercial and cringy. So I don't think it aged that well. I mean, it's it's all right. You know, it's not bad. It's just I've heard it so many times and, and it didn't really age that great, I thought. So yeah, it's just an indifferent from me. All right, cool, man. Well, let's listen to another song and then we will continue with our 90s review. I got a cool one here from The Abyss. It's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the 2666 Club, Hugh Hefner. And then there's Emil in the 219 NOK Club. I don't know what that currency is called, but uh, thanks, Emil, and thanks, Hugh Hefner. And we'll throw in Clint Dowling, the king of the $25 patrons. And uh, this is a track called Lightning by The Abyss.
All right, and that was The Abyss with the track Lightning from the album Centurion. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. Cool people like A Star Apart, Alex Seligson, Blake Peterson, Eurobeat Intensifies, Honeybeard, and Jimmy the Hut. And we're back here with the Beyond Synth family, Mike, Marco, and Florence doing our 1990 Billboard number one hits review. So let's move ahead in the chart here, the 90s chart. Uh, we got Nelson. Good old <laughs> no. Nelson. No, you missed. You missed one. Oh, did I? You missed one. Yeah. yeah oh Wilson shit. Yeah. Well, sorry. We're on Wilson yeah, Phillips. Don't forget about Wilson Phillips. What are you, <laughs> sexist? Jesus. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I am. <laughs> he doesn't like girl bands, I guess. I don't know. All right, so we got Wilson Phillips with Release Me. Come on, darling. So this one is a dislike for me and just nothing about this connects with me. I just don't connect with this melody and I thought about it and I'd prefer not to hear this ever again. So (laughs) (laughs) dislike. Uh, Florence. I'm indifferent on this. Like I, I like Wilson Phillips harmonies. I think they're fine. But yeah, the song is just, it doesn't do anything for me. Like the past three songs that I've said, like if it was on in the background, I would be just kind of like whatever about it. I wouldn't be like, this song sucks. Like it's fine. So indifferent. The end. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mike. Uh, I'm indifferent. Uh, I like the other Wilson Phillips song. This one kind of... If it came on the radio, I might play it on my phone if I was driving my car. <laughs> <laughs> so that you crash and don't have to listen to it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's just on the border. It's on the border of dislike. No, I get it, man. I get it because I disliked it. Um, <laughs> Marco. <laughs> so I was just thinking, for some reason, I thought... I don't know where this idea came from, but I thought that one of the members was from Banana Rama originally, but I think that's bullshit, so I don't know where it came out for that one. I was just doing some research, Andy. <laughs> Apparently you weren't. Hey, all right, I did get some useful information. Apparently <laughs> <right>? you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> well, two of them are sisters, Connie and Wendy Wilson, and they're the yep. daughters of uh, Brian Wilson from the Beach Brian Boys, Wilson, which is cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, And the other one is from uh, the daughter of Michelle Phillips from Mamas and Papas. So there you go. Mamas and the Can you tell you're so, introducing them? I am. I'm trying to talk them up. But with that being said, that song's pretty bad. It's one of the worst ones, I think. <laughs> I don't think it aged well. Oh, no. um, what? i got to build them up and break them down. What are you going to do? It's unfortunate because clearly, like, they grew up in musical families. They're yeah. all talented. But who have, I don't know if they're writing these songs. I didn't look that up. But they're not writing good songs, whoever is writing these songs for them. It's just so soppy. Like, you listen to it and you go, what? Wow, this is cringy, you know? Like, it really is, unfortunately, you know? It's just... It's too much. Now, I did also say that if I'm excessively negative, you know, like, I will sort of throw in a few things I did like from 1990, because there are some things I liked, which we'll, we can talk about throughout the program, just because, again, we are talking about the hits, right? And But every year obviously has things that we all like and love from it, whether it be, like, movie scores or video game stuff or, mov- or like, you know, other music that just didn't hit the chart and stuff, or hit the chart, but not, you know, number one. And Anyway, uh, let's move ahead. To Nelson. Now we're on Nelson. <laughs> with the classic, can't live without your love and affection. No, it's love and affection, and then I can't live without your in brackets. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad they added that in in brackets. Real important. Baby, I can't live without your love and affection. I can't face another night. 
at that hair. Oh, that hair. Oh, that song's so bad. I really don't need to. Which one is Nelson? Are they both Nelson? They're both Nelson. Yeah, yeah. okay. Full Nelson. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Are they one half of Nelson when they're not together? (laughs) So I will say uh, this gets... You know, I was listening to it, and I was thinking, you know, you know, this is uh, no good. So I give it a dislike, <laughs> and this video, these dudes look like ladies. It's so bad. Oh, I don't think I watched the video. You know, like, around the time, there were hair metal bands and, you know, androgynous dudes that had, like, makeup and stuff, but these guys have the actual faces of women. <laughs> They're so distracting to look at. Like, they've got this, like, nice, long, blonde hair, but they have the faces of, like, suburban moms. Oh, my God. They don't have the face of, like, super hot ladies. It's like... Anyway, <laughs> so I found it really distracting to listen to them. These dudes are weird. Like, who the fuck is Nelson? Like, I've just never heard of this in my life. And they're full albinos as well. Someone just released a bird in the music video. Oh, did they? Oh, my God. 210, a bird flies across in slow motion, and it's just one bird... <laughs> <laughs> you seen the boots he's wearing or whatever that shit is? So, uh, Florence, where do you fall on this one? I am also indifferent about this. Basically, ditto to the last <laughs> leather chaps. four things that I said. <laughs> it's not terrible. There's nothing about the song that offends me, but it's whatever. I think that's my metric for... Indifferent is it's whatever. My, my notes are just about what they look like. I don't. Act, it doesn't actually say anything about the song. Nothing about the song. <laughs> the one guy's got boots going up past his knees over jeans. Are you sure it's not a woman? No, there's yeah, that, that, that is a fashion. That is a that is a style. He's got those red knee high. Well, it's actually over the knee boots. Or what is even? Yeah, is it's that? like over. It's over the jeans. <laughs> wow, I, I didn't. This is. I don't think I watched the video for oh, this. I think I got a. So I was giggling while out. you were talking, Florence, because there was a scene where they reversed the footage, and so like the bird goes back in. Yeah, the corny like down, 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 down dancing that they're doing, but now they're doing it backwards. <laughs> it looks so dumb. <laughs> I really love this. This I'm a five. I'm all the way. I'm in. Oh my god, the snow is falling upwards. It's a reverse snow falling situation. Oh my god, this video is crazy and. I love it. It's one of those. Sometimes I'll discover something I've never heard before and just like really love it. And this song was that for me. It's, I feel like this song could have been on the Bill and Ted soundtrack. Okay. And I would have loved it if it was. People <laughs> but like, think about it in that context. I don't know. But th- that's you. just comedy context. Oh, wow. Yeah. And okay. You- now I'm. Now I'm. <laughs> it sort <laughs> of changes the story when you get the whole picture in there. Marco, what do you, what do you oh. think? Oh, my uh, goodness. For me, it's indifferent. I mean, I, I really don't like it. I mean, look, the song's real catchy. I, I get it. You know, I see why people kind of liked it. It's just so cringy now, like you guys are saying in the video and that. You know, some things age real bad. Well, this one aged really fucking bad. That's the only reason I'm saying it's indifferent for me. I've, you know, and I've heard it so many times. It's just one of those songs I used to play on the radio all the time, like even decades later. So, um, yeah, it's indifferent for me. But if you haven't seen the video, you need to see it, though, people. Just yes, it it's on, Yeah, no, so I'm, I'm literally <laughs> watching it right now and it, it's like two moms who live in Orange County I know like that's this, literally what this is the faces they have it's just so that's all my notes like it just anyway I'm just I'm watching this like 4-3 aspect ratio video and it's like kind of blurry when they zoom out so you can't
can't tell that it's two men playing guitar. Oh, and they, oh, wow, he's wearing like a pink raincoat too. Ooh. You like that? I want that. Yeah. Now he's, now he's bouncing over bushes. All right, look. This is amazing. Let's, uh, wow. Okay. Let's listen to a song and then we will uh, keep going with the list. The guys, hold on. Their names are Matthew and Gunner, twin sons of Ricky and Kristen Nelson. They're twins. The only people I know who are named Gunner are German Shepherds. I know an MMA fighter, UFC fighter called Gunner, but that's a weird name, right? It's like, it is German. It's got to be German or something. It's like the name Helmet. It's literally a dog's name. Gunner. That's a dog's name. I'm Gunner. All right. Let's, uh, look, let's, okay, we're gonna listen to another song and then we'll continue with our list. So I want to listen to this track from Runaway Droid. It is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 club. People like John Masari, Johnny Five, Kempson, Kenjiru, Mr. Magoo, Samurai, and Neverman. And this is Runaway Droid with Kill Switch. And then in brackets, Kill Mix.
All right, that was Runaway Droid with Kill Switch, and then in brackets, Kill Mix. So that is the Kill Mix of the Kill Switch track by Runaway Droid. That, of course, was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. Awesome people like Newmark, Restless Nights, Techno Ben, and then there's Forged in Neon with the 2049, and in the $20 Club, we got Joshua Winter and Chatterack. All right, and we're back. All right, 34. Okay. All right, so. <laughs> Let's uh, continue with our 90s uh, review here. We got the song Close to You by Maxi Priest. I just want to be So, uh, I, this one gets a like from me. That's unusual. I really like the funky video game sounding bass. This song reminds me of Streets of Rage. I feel like oh, maybe yeah. even Streets of Rage takes can see that. inspiration from, you know, this style of music. I don't love the whole song, but I really like the chorus, and I think the chorus is strong enough for me to give this track a like. I, 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 do, I do really think the chorus is good, so that's why it gets a like from me. Yeah, I I also really liked this song. Not love, but liked. And I was not familiar with the song before uh, this experiment of yours, Andy. Mm. And like you said, it's got like it's got a funky bass line, and it's kind of mellow. But the chorus is great, and the vocals are great. And yeah, no, I I enjoy it. I would drive to this. Yeah. <laughs> That's an expression that I just used. And I just picture beating up punks on the beach because of the Streets of Rage connection because I feel like the song that this reminds me of is the beach level where there's like the ocean fucking so water. so funny. I never thought of that link, but now that you mention, I kind of hear the bass line. It's just funny. It never... That game never popped into my head when listening to this song. You know, yeah. <laughs> what, do, what do you think about Marco? Oh, I think it's a really good song. I love it. It's aged well. I loved it at the time. I think it's one of those timeless classics. Uh, like I said, that's aged really well. You listen to it now and you go, "Oh yeah, yeah, this is still really good." You know, like you said, the chorus is is incredible. You know, and uh, and the rest of it's good too. It's a very unique song as well. It's not like anything else. You know, um, like a lot of these other ones are like um, on this list are kind of copies of other stuff or you can hear the similarities but you wouldn't even say it's from 1990 it could be from any time almost you know so it's really good yeah yeah I love this one how about you Mike I think it also sounds like Streets of Rage <laughs> I was thinking it sounds like Beatnik on the ship what's it level 4 level 5 of Beatnik on the ship like it's got a really cool uh, you did a cover of that one right wasn't that the yeah, way you I did? covered that? Because I, I love that song. I love this song in particular. I only gave it a four, but I'm thinking, why? I should have gave it a five. Yeah, what the hell? This is one of those songs that my mom would play on CDs. Or if Marco changes his to a like, then we all say the same. <laughs> I'm not changing it. Sorry. It's okay. So, <laughs> I, can't, I can't tarnish my integrity. Lawrence okay. is on the quest for um, getting the entire row lit up when we all have the same. No, because I spent, I spent so much time trying to find the way to make it it so like if we all said the same thing then the row would highlight it took me so long to do it did happen and i do like your initiative um all right uh-huh. so let's move forward here to george michael <laughs> with the track praying for time
So I uh, I give this one an indifferent. Basically, I don't hate this one, but it doesn't do anything for me. But I think it's fine. <laughs> so I'm indifferent. I like George Michael, but I said that this was okay because I like George Michael, but it's just not one of his strongest songs, I think. So, yeah, I'm going to say it's okay. I would guess I would keep it on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really like George Michael around that time. I think we had a couple of his albums, and, and I think this is honestly one of his weaker songs. I'm surprised this one got to number one. Uh, I'm indifferent. I, don't, I mean, I don't dislike it, but I don't really like it either, so it's indifferent for me. I liked this song. I like the... Um, I'm listening to it again, and it sounds amazing. It's produced really well. There's like this really airy 1950s-style Jerry Lee Lewis reverb on his voice. Like, it sounds great. It's a really great-sounding song. The, it's well-written, and he's got a great voice. I'm a four. I like this song. All right, Mike's a four. I'm typing it in. By the way, four <laughs> means like. Because the audience doesn't see our numbering system. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's one through five. All right. So let's move forward. Let's move. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's move forward here to James Ingram with I Don't Have the Heart. I don't have the heart. Like Jesus, this album is called "The Power of Great Music." <laughs> oh God! See, that's what I thought about that sweet sensation singing. Like the singing is whack. They weren't singing well. Can you imagine calling your album "The Power of Great Music"? <laughs> like what? I don't even. So I don't even corny. have anything funny to say. So corny. Isn't James Ingram known for the other song, "The Most Amazing Song Ever Made"? <laughs> be there. Yeah, Yamo be there, right? That's him. The power of great music. Well, he's not great at titling things because he, he named the other song Yamo be there. <laughs> Yamo be there is still funny. The power of great music is like, you know when someone just like thinks they're too awesome but doesn't realize that that's a weird thing to say out loud? <laughs> to call your album the power of great music and not realize that that's probably a mistake? Anyway, whatever. So what do you think? So I give this one a dislike. It's the style of sappy love songs like I just do not connect with on any level. Are there any of them you like at all? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, because I'm not against love songs. What did you think about that Michael Bolton song? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Which one? How am I supposed to live with a... I loved it. You were a two. You were indifferent. It's not for me, man. Like, any song where, like, the purpose is a corny, like, Hallmark dinner with your loved one or a slow dance. So I don't like Christmas movies? <laughs> no. I have no use for that style of music. And when it starts, it sounds like a Disney song. Which, it's, it's just not my cup of tea. Like, I'm not a... <laughs> That's a bonus for me. Yeah, see, I'm not a Disney guy. Oh, my God. Wait, can I, can I say why I think this song is okay? 
Sure. Oh, the same because reason. It sounds like a fucking Disney song. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was not familiar with the song. Like it sounded sort of familiar, but yeah. not like specifically. But yeah, no, it sounds like it would be in a Disney movie or like, I don't know, some movie that I watched in the 90s when I was little. So like it was it had like these like ballads. <laughs> they have this nostalgic sound to me. And that's appealing to me just because I grew up with it. I'm not really against the song because I you know I think it the chorus is fine the vocals are fine I wouldn't like be like oh man I really gotta listen to James Ingram I don't have a have the heart right now like I wouldn't I wouldn't put it on actually. So you don't like the power of great music do you know how powerful great music can be (laughs) you want to tell us Andy yeah just yeah okay pop on James Ingram and oh. you know like okay get a boner in two seconds <laughs> oh good okay well then I'll you'll check, be at a four I'll check out the rest of this album <laughs> but yeah it's fine isn't that what the 90s are about really though when you look at it it's just soppy love songs most of it I mean you had boys to men most and then Celine it. Dion came in and hers was like probably the most soppiest shit you've ever heard you know what my wife uh, actually had a really great observation that I'm just gonna steal and say was mine <laughs> she <laughs> said you know the 80s is like the party and the 90s is like the part of the party where people leave but there's a couple kids left over like making out and like you know like the makeout room or whatever <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my god yeah that's so true and that's, that's totally so what it feels like like the 80s is fun and the 90s once we get later into yeah. it it's like not very fun music it's all makeout music and slow dance music mm-hmm. whereas like the 80s is full of like these fucking jams where you just picture doing some coke and fucking doing a dance yeah <laughs> is that what you were doing when you were six years old <laughs> just doing some yeah, coke yeah <laughs> <laughs> every Saturday, every Saturday morning, yeah. you would put Hell on yeah. Transformers, do a little coke, and fucking rock out. Well, I would just grind up my Fruit Loops. Marco, what do you think? <laughs> the party had to end sometimes, Andy. I don't know. Nah, this song's a uh, yeah, strong don't like. I don't really want to say too much because I don't want to be too negative, but I pretty much agree with everything you said. It's just uh, I really don't connect with these soppy love songs. I, I do love like a lot of love songs, but just it's just too much. It's too cringy, and, and uh, it, it just, yeah, I don't like it. Sorry. Mike, mm-hmm. I, I put indifferent. I think I agree with what Florence was saying. It feels it feels like it could have been in one of those childhood movies from the '90s, like animated movies. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Disney, because Disney, like the Celine Dion, Peebo Bryson, "Tale as Old as Time," is one of my favorite songs of all time. It's sappy and yeah, it's similar to this one. That's what kind of what it sounds. This like. This one sounds like it played over the credits of a shitty non-Disney movie. That people eh, like Balto or something. <laughs> I, love re- I love references to Balto because it's like everyone knows Balto, but no one's ever watched it. That's funny. It's like what was Balto advertised before? Because I feel like maybe we all saw the movie where when you got the VHS, you had to watch the trailer for Balto. Oh Fucking God. Balto. What, what about was Anas- it Touchstone? Anastasia. Anastasia. Oh, was that Disney? Uh, Anastasia. No, I don't think so. I don't know how to say it. I feel weird now because I'm always correcting Anastasia. Andy. Anastasia. <laughs> Did anybody actually watch Balto? <laughs> Balto. I bet, we, I bet we clicked with a lot of people once somebody... Once I said Balto, a bunch of fans were like, Yeah, Balto! <laughs> movie i didn't watch (laughs) and fans of balto would sound like that too (laughs) yeah 
losers. You fucking losers. I'm sorry. All right, Balto. Well, let's do another song and then we'll come back. You just call me Balto? So now that summer is here, I want some fun summer vibes and we're going to get them with robots, with ray guns from the album Savage Summer. This one's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Waylon Caskey Geospatial with the 1988. Maybe he's on his ruck march now. Who knows? There's COVID-1986 with the 1986. And in the 1985 club, Rachel Buchelman and Sarah Buchelman. This is Robots with Ray Guns with your heart. was your heart i'm saying it that way because it's capital u capital r uh your heart by robots with ray guns from the album savage summer that of course was brought to you by my awesome patreon supporters with the 1555 gene creamer private eye and the 15 dollar club hampus ml and prophet of jupiter then there's mads baron christensen sky wolf retro serenade and we will never forget the immortal chris Salia lane and uh, we're back with the beyonce family doing our 90s review we are moving forward to janet jackson with black cat i like the way you said black (laughs) (laughs) 
I like how you keep trying to paint me like I'm like, every time I say I don't like the songs, you're just like <laughs> I know what you're doing. We're like a you know, it's a college host Michael Che thing, I'm always trying to trap you. Yeah, except I didn't sign into this. I <laughs> Oh, this is the one that starts with the panther in the music video. Anything that starts with a panther, Dude, I'm in. That's Just my like note. The, fucking, uh, the donation of the beast, I had to use it there because I think uh, so. The spirit I, of the panther is within me. Yeah, so I know I'm I'm the one who who likes this the least because I actually give this a dislike. Really? I love that it starts with the wildcat roar sound. That's my note <laughs> here. So this is a personal thing for me okay. is when the main thrust of a melody is done with that rock guitar sound, I just don't like it. It's just a sound that I just don't like. You don't like guitars? Guitars. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Florence. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with this song is like with the cowbells and shit, this song to me sounds like people bringing electric guitars to a square dance. That's what this song feels like to me and I just don't like that vibe. That's what it feels like. I know I'm in the minority on this one. I just don't oh, like man. this square dance electric guitar vibe. It's just, no. For me, no. Uh, Florence? I didn't really get the square dance electric guitar vibe. Um, I think the song is okay. I think it, it's got like a, it's got a good vibe. But again, like I wouldn't be like, man, I gotta put this song on and listen to it again. It's It's fine. It's fine. I think this is a good one. Uh, this is a like from me. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, Andy. I don't know why. I think you're just being very uh, negative, Nancy, on this one. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I think it's. I think it's a really good song. Uh, I think the yes. riff is really good. It's a great riff. I think she's really starting to sound like Michael Jackson in this one. She can get away with it because it's it's literally his sister. So you know who's gonna fucking say anything? But she's yeah. really channeling that Michael Jackson vibes on this one. But it's a good song. It's a like from me. It it is good. Yep. Are, are any of you watching the music video? Yes, I was watching it. <laughs> okay, go to 123. There's two white guys who are, I think are doing this electric square dancing that Andy's Wait, talking oh about. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh my God. What are they doing? Oh, wow. I looked at that really quickly and I thought it was a wrestling show. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe they're using footage of crowd at a wrestling match. I think, yeah, I think this is like WWE in the 90s. But yeah, so there's these two white guys giving it giving it away give it away now they're doing some kind of crazy dance and I, I would classify as electric square dancing yeah no that that looks like a wrestling match right there like a <laughs> WWE attitude era bullshit in the crowd going on right there <laughs> just that like the rest of the video actually looks like a Janet Jackson Jackson Janet Jackson show I can't say words okay let's uh, move forward here to Lawrence, you gotta listen you gotta watch this next video for a bit. This is fucking hilarious. This is so cringy. So, we're on Vanilla Ice. Ice, ice, baby. I give this an indifferent, and I will say, 
My friend had this tape, and we used to laugh and listen to not this song, but there's another track. He does a beatboxing song called "What It's Like Having a Roni." Oh my god, the fuck? which is amazing. <laughs> which you all have to listen to because what it's like having a roni is like you know how there's some people now that are super talented at beatboxing where they actually sound like drums, and like it's like mm-hmm. it's super impressive. He sounds like a guy, you know, who, who can't beatbox, who just goes like, and it's like that for like two minutes, and it is fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. What it's like having a Roni. What it's like having a Roni. So, basically, Vanilla Ice is corny as hell. <laughs> oh but my I, god. But I do Good have... story. I do have some nostalgia with this, enough to say indifferent, while simultaneously recognizing that it's terrible. But I'm indifferent because of a little bit of nostalgia. Yeah, I mean, same. I mean, th- Because this, I mean, this song is like, it's well known because it's just kind of like ridiculous. I wouldn't like turn it off because I think it's just kind of hilarious and fun to listen to, but it's like, it's not a good song. If I walk into the kitchen and we're doing chores and like it comes on, like if we're listening to like a mix or on Spotify or something, yeah. we wouldn't shut it off. Like we would all like kind of dance around because it's stupid. Yeah, exactly. But if anyone put a gun to my head and was just like, do you like it? I'd be like, no. No, no, it's it's kind of terrible. <laughs> you live in a different household because I'm I I'm a dancer. Rhythm is a dancer. <laughs> yeah. Now there's a song I like. <laughs> Didn't that make number one, or is that what year is that? I mean. Yeah, maybe we'll have to check out the dance charts to like hear songs I actually enjoy. But uh, uh, yeah, I was yeah, thinking right. about we should talk about dance music. Uh-huh. I could point. do that. I could. Do we'll that. get there. Marco, what do you think about Vanilla Ice? This is fucking terrible. My <laughs> my friend had the album, his album, and he started dressing like him, and I was just like, fucking. <laughs> Dude, God, so did so my funny. friend. <laughs> oh, it was so embarrassing, and he played it all the time. I'm like, dude. Turn the shit off. It wasn't cool at the time, and it's aged really badly. It's embarrassing. As a white person, this is really embarrassing. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's that fucking bad. I mean, I mean, and the fact that he's ripped off that riff from fucking, you, you know, you know what I mean? It's not even original. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, no. That he, as he well did. makes it even worse. So it's really just bad. I would much rather listen to Under Pressure than Vanilla Ice. Right? Me too, yeah. I would rather watch that video over and over again. It's like, (laughs) theirs goes, dun 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 dun. But mine goes, dun 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 dun. It's got that. It's that. It's got the extra. Like the way he's so excited about explaining his stupid extra. It it makes me laugh so much. He's one of these guys who like, I'm so awesome, but I'm not self aware enough to realize how much of a clown I'm looking right now. (laughs) This is something that we're we don't need to deal with too much until we get to the the later '90s, mid to late '90s, because I I started to question how I should rank some songs. Because once we get to like 97, 98, there's a lot of Puff Daddy and Notorious B.I.G. Now, some of the songs are actually pretty catchy bops, but the catchiest part of all of those songs 
is a sample from a better song that I'd rather listen to. I and think it, about that too so much about that music. A lot of those songs are sampled songs, and it's just they put a hip, a cooler modern hip hop beat over a '70s song that didn't really have that beat. So now the two of the things together sound like more of a cool jam or a bop, as Andy would say. Yeah, a bop. but but the problem is, and that, so again, it's not something we're gonna have to deal with for a few episodes, but definitely. It did change the way I rated some of the songs because I'd be listening and I would just say, what would I rather listen to? Puff Daddy doing this or listen to the police song? Here's my thinking. If the catchiest part of your song is the sample, then I'm giving your song a bad ranking. I don't know. Because some songs like elevate the sample. Like Notorious B.I.G., his Hypnotize. That song took an all sample from uh, what Herb Albert. Yeah, but the Herb Albert song's cool, man. Not, it, it doesn't. It doesn't like do an injustice to that sample. Like the thing that Biggie does with it is fucking amazing. It's like one of the best hip hop songs of all time. Technically, did Biggie even do it? Because Biggie was technically dead, right? Didn't Puff Daddy produce that thing? It's like all the videos have Puff Daddy in them. Because I think they were all released like after Biggie's death. I don't want to get into it. I know some stuff that okay, I don't okay. want to put right, my right, name right, on the right, record. Because right, <laughs> it was Biggie's yeah. ghost. <laughs> you have, like the fucking inside. Let's not talk about this anymore. Okay? Vanilla Ice. So what do you give it, Mike? A five. Damn it! <laughs> I can't see your numbers. That oh, means yeah, you I'm love a, it. I'm a love. love. <laughs> Yo, because he says now that the party's jumping with the bass kicked in and the Vegas are pumping. Quick to the point, to the point, no faking. Cooking MCs like a pound of bacon. That's so tough right there. <laughs> he cooks MCs like a pound of bacon. I got to give him so much cred and oh respect. Um, and also, Dale and Brendan's parents, like in Step Brothers, they were flashing back and Derek was doing Vanilla Ice. And uh, they were like, it's a really good song. It is. Like, <laughs> I just love how they, like, unironically, casually do love this song as much as I do. Yeah, it's a really good song. <laughs> okay. Well, how about this? Let's listen to uh, an actual good song, and then we will come back and finish the 90s. 1990. No, we're not finishing the 90s. We're nowhere close to that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> January 1st, Y2K. You're ready to move on already, Andy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to move on with uh, some Celerect LA Dreams uh, from the album Insomnia. This is a cool one. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. That's right. Fraser Davidson, Albion Algorithm, Andrew Bennon, Barry007, Blonde John, Energon Cubes, and Ivan. You guys are all awesome, and I hope you enjoy this track from Celeract LA Dreams. This is Feel the Burn.
And that was Feel the Burn by Celerect LA Dreams from the album Insomnia. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. There's Jacob Pringle, Knight of Ducks, Lucas Smith. Hey, we just heard some robots with ray guns a few tracks ago. Because Lucas Smith is robots with ray guns. Then there's Luke Jackson, Matthew Lister. Wait a second. Wait, okay, for some reason, Luke, they put you in the $10 section, even though you're a 10-pound donor, which technically should put you in, like, the $13. Hmm. All right, I'll make a note of that. I'm going to have to manually, like, move you around. Anyways, and then there's Monkey Magics and Mystic Dink. And I am back here with the Beyond Synth family, Mike, Marco, and Florence. So here we are. We're doing our 1990 Billboard Top Number 1 Hits review. This is part two. If you missed the first part, it was on our last family show, episode 281, because we had so many hits we had to get through. So next on the list, in 1990, number one Billboard Hits is... Mariah Carey with <laughs> Surprise Love Takes Time It's true though Love does take time You know Not the way I'd do it <laughs> Do you know the power Of great music Like I do <laughs> It's a tale as old as time I love it how Andy and Mike just disagree so much on a lot of these songs. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did get one comment on the uh, the last episode. One of the listeners was like, "Hey, man, like I could fucking talk about this stuff with Mike all day because he loves the stuff. Like Mike loves the stuff. <laughs> this song, I give a dislike. What a what a shock." <laughs> I don't think there is a single song that uses this piano sound as the main melody that I actually like. Mm -hmm. As these sort of keyboard sounds come into more prominence during the 90s, I just don't like this sound. There's just something about it that makes these sorts of songs extra cheesy. What about the Celine Dion one from Beauty and the Beast? Wait, what What kind of piano sound is it? It's the fucking, it's that DX7 or what, what is, is it? Is it the, the DX7 sound? Oh, I fucking love that. Yeah, those vibes. <laughs> Andy, I feel like, Andy, you're saying a lot of shit that yeah. you're going the opposite way with a lot, a lot of music of shit, producers Andy. here because a, lot of, a, our, lot, of a lot of our... The community of producers love trying to capture that vibraphone, electric keys, DX7 sound. I do love that DX7 sound, but I mean, okay, for this song, I'm indifferent because I think like, you know, you can add a DX7 sound to anything and it might sound good. It might sound whatever. The sound is fine, but this song is just kind of like, eh. So I'm indifferent on this song. I mean, I've been really trying to figure it out. <laughs> I've had I had no, a fucking pipe you're shaking your like fists at the wall right now. You're like, I nice. am really trying. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, because when we talked about this before, you know, when Mike and I would like butt heads about this stuff in dramatic fashion, I'm like, okay. I'm not trying to fucking make people mad here. So I had a private conversation with a few producers where I was just, I was going like, okay, like I talked to Michael Oakley, like we had a phone call for like two hours where I'm just like, what is it about these sounds? Like explain to me because there's something that's hitting my ear weird about this particular time that I'm not feeling in the other generations. Like why is it that I can listen to sort of a cheesy love ballad from like the late 70s, early 80s where I think about it lyrically, 
melodically. For some reason, if this was produced in the 90s, there would be something about the production where I would not like the song versus in the 80s where I'm like, this is a nice song. And I'm trying to figure that out. I'm really trying. And and I don't necessarily have the musical vocabulary to sort it out. I just know that there is something about this sound that just rubs me the wrong way. So wait, do you like it when you hear it in Mitch Murder Tracks? Is it the context of where the sound is used? Is the problem? Yeah, no, because Mitch Murder isn't writing ballads like this. Exactly, but he's still got the DX7 sound. He so does. Like, exactly. Is it the fact that it's a cheesy yeah, ballad so that's rubbing you the wrong way? Well, it must be a combination of things. It must be the way that they play the chords, like the way that the, the fingers are moving on the piano or something mixed with the boring singing, <laughs> just the, the overall tone of the song. Because you're right, as you're saying that, yeah, of course, like Mitch Murder uses these sorts of sounds, and I think his music is really cool so like and this is why I'm really confused you gotta understand there's a battle going on in my brain where I listen to this stuff and I go why do I hate this like I I I hate it but I can't express in words and it's so frustrating to me when all I can say is this sucks uh, and I want to do better but like any whatever so Florence you're uh, you're indifferent yeah What about you, Marco? <laughs> you're so passionate about this stuff, Andy. That's what I love. I don't know. For me, I, I guess maybe it's because of what you're saying, Andy. Maybe it just sounds a little overproduced, a lot of it. Like, I think it's just hit that point where it's like a lot of the early stuff you're talking about, the 70s and 80s, a lot of that stuff doesn't sound overproduced. It's just like a band that made this song. And you know what I mean? Like, it, it's mm. different now. It kind of feels... Anyway, that's what I think maybe with the 90s. Some of it just sounds really overproduced. Um, what were we talking about again? Um, <laughs> Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey, sorry. Uh, <clears throat> Love Takes Time. This one's indifferent, indifferent to me. It's not a bad song. I mean, I wouldn't turn it off if it came on, but it's not one of the better ones. I, I think it's all right. Are we allowed to weigh how we feel about the music videos? Sure. Why not? Because this music video is whack. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we've, we've seen some really, really interesting music videos for the whole year, including that dancing cat. <laughs> just standing on the beach with a fucking throw around her or the something. The Janet Jackson black cat starts off with... <laughs> <laughs> There's been some interesting videos, including the two um, twins, the Gunner, Gunner and... What's his name? Anyway, Nelson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this video is just her, just like, yeah, like Marco said, she's just wearing a robe on a beach and it's black and white and it's just like, it's boring. It's It, it lends a, this is not as important kind of factor than other songs. Like, you see the production value of a Janet Jackson video and you're like, ooh, let me stop and collaborate and listen to this because <laughs> they put so much effort into the video and this video is just kind of... Eh, take it or leave it, and that's how I feel about the track. I'm indifferent. I gotcha. Is it just me, or is there a thing around this time where it started becoming cool to do black and white videos for, like, no real reason? Just because, oh, look, it's black and white. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, why? I like the oversaturated videos of the later 90s where people do these James Bond pastiche things. Because it happens a lot, like where the character is a secret agent. There's several videos that start with like this secret agent premise, and the video is like super saturated and like Puff Daddy's on a boat getting chased by like agents, and then Mariah Carey is James Bond, and there's like a whole bunch, and they all look the same. I think once we get to those years, I'm going to do the research because it almost looks like the exact same production team made all the videos that hit number one. It is very interesting. All those number one videos around that time tended to have the same. 
cinematography. They all yeah. looked the same, whether yep. it was Britney Spears or Puff Daddy or Sum 41. Like, they all had this, mm-hmm. like, yep. sheeny point a bunch of lights at the camera look to them. I bet you there's, like, two production companies or something responsible for all the number one hit videos. Because they all have the same color palette and stuff. It's interesting. Yeah. Now, I did promise we would finish. Let's finish. But we still have two more. she said. Let's finish, Daddy. Well, we... <laughs> but look, let's li- we we got to listen to another song and then we'll come back and then we'll finish for real because we just took ten minutes to talk about that one song. So uh, let's listen to a track. <laughs> so passionate about it because Mariah Carey, it like great. she is so intrinsically tied with the '90s and like that's part of the whole project. It's yeah. meta, it's macro, it's micro. It's not. It's the macro. '90s, baby. You know what you like. You don't know what you like. That's what we're doing. Andy, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I will uh, with a track from. Miskra, I think that's how you say this. M S K R A. Uh, I'm going to say Miskra for now, unless it's something else. Please uh, write me in and correct me if I'm wrong. This is from the album Have No Fear. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. Awesome people like Poly Digital, Pudnuts, Rama Branch, Skunk Raiders, Slade, Thomas Berg, Tristan Waits, Watch Clark, and Will Lowe. You guys are all awesome. I hope you like this track from Miskra. This is Daydream. Dream.
All right, and that was Daydream by Miskra, M-S-K-R-A, from the album Have No Fear. That, of course, was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Caffeinated Pixels with the Inversion of the Beast, the 9.99. Then there's your friend Estevez. Again, it's £9.50, which should put you up under the fucking $10 club. Fuck me. Okay, I got it. I gotta do some organizing here. Uh, and then there's Dub Evans with the Triple Eight. And in the Eight Pound Fifty Club, it's Stu, Triple the M, and IP68 with the 808. And I'm back here with the Beyond Synth family doing our 1990 Billboard Top Number One Hits review. And now we are going to officially finish off 1990. Uh, the next track on the list is Whitney Houston mm. with the song I'm Your Baby Tonight. Yes. Whatever you want. Alright, so this one I say is okay. I think uh, I think this one's good. It's not a track I would put on, but I think it's alright, and even though not the whole song has this vibe, but I like that it starts like it could be a Bond song, like a James Bond song. The rest of the song doesn't, but the intro kind of has that feeling, and the rest of the song was fine, so I say okay. I also say okay. I think like the beat is cool. It sounds like a cool song. I don't think the chorus is very strong. But it's fine. If it's if it's on in the background, I'll, you know, I'm going to be totally okay with it. Marco. Uh, I think it's this is okay for me as well, Andy. I think it's it's a, it's a decent song. Um, it's kind of catchy and it's not irritating. It's not too cringy or anything like that, which is difficult with this, with this year. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a good song. I like it. But I still gave it an okay. <laughs> How about you, Mike? I'm a super love. I love all these pop songs, especially the Whitney Houston ones. This music video, they put a lot of effort in it. So I'm paying attention, baby. <laughs> I'm a love... I kind of love how formulaic the chorus does go compared to the rest of the song. The whole thing is in triplets or like... Yeah, triple meter, man. You don't hear a lot of triple meter in pop music, which is cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And then the chorus does the thing of like fast syllable, slow syllable. Like fast syllable, slow syllable. Fast syllable, slow syllable, like that. Like it does that classic pop formula of chorus, and uh, this one, it's all over their place for me. Like it hits many categories of why I love it, and I love it. It's super nostalgic. All right, so we're gonna move ahead here to the last song. Now I'm gonna need your guys' help with this. I'm gonna explain to you something because obviously there's a disparity here in the way that we rank this. <laughs> this is Stevie <laughs> B. Because I Love You in brackets, the Postman song. Because I The deal is this. This song is terrible. <laughs> but this one's tricky because I gave it a like. I'm going to tell you why. I like the instrumental part. And you've given it an okay here. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I gave it an okay. So the vocal part, lyrically, is so cliche and boring to me. But the cheesy instrumental bit, it has this weird... Like, it reminds me of video game music. Even the, the cheap synths used. <laughs> Thank you. 
and it reminds me of like you're like walking in the cloud town in an RPG or like when your character is dead and this music plays at the screen where you have to like revive your character. So if this came on the radio and I caught it at the instrumental part, I would be like, hey, I like this song. But the rest of the song is fucking dog shit terrible. Like really, 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 really bad. So what do you guys think? Like, does that still mean I think it's okay? I think you think it's okay because not only would you not care about turning it off the radio, you would be into that part yes, when it but played. I would turn it off if I caught the part where he's singing. I feel like maybe you might not be paying attention until the part where the breakdown comes in. But it's so bad up until that. Hmm. Like, it, it's really bad. I didn't even get to the end where the breakdown is <laughs> because it's so bad. I, like, for, I actually don't know what you're talking about either. I'm not there yet. <laughs> honestly, like, if a song has vocals, the vocals are the main part of the song for me, unless it's some, like, ambient thing. Like, the vocals have to be good. If the vocals aren't good, then the song isn't good right and like sure like there could be good elements but like the vocals of the song just ruin it completely just looking at the song as a whole it's so bad so you're a love so yeah that's that's (laughs) what that means i'm extremely dislike for this right and i agree with you (laughs) i just like the instrumental bit the Yeah, but you got to wait through all the shit to get that. Yes, and and I also admit, too, that the instrumental bit is also cheesy, but it does have this weird... It reminds me of a video game. I was going to say, right, it sounds like something straight out of Legend of Dragoon soundtrack. Like, it's totally Japanese RPG music. Yes, it is. It's, It's comforting... Video game music. It's like you went to the to get health potion from the fucking guy who sells potions or whatever, and this is the music that plays in his shop or something. Like I, I like that part. And the worst part about it is that it was at, it was at number one for four weeks apparently, which is another yeah. Jesus Christ. The last four yeah. weeks of the year that means it played all through December. <laughs> so and would- <laughs> when you put it that way, it makes it even worse. Picture that instrumental part and looking at soft, fluffy snow. I was just about to snowing say. outside your window, and then. It lasts for like ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if there was an extreme dislike, I would go with that. But I'm definitely a don't like. It's terrible. I mean, it's um, everything that you said, but. Based on what I just said, do you think I'm an okay? Yeah. How much do you really... So you like that instrumental part, right? I like the instrumental part, and I hate the rest of the song. So then maybe you're more indifferent in the song, Andy. I think like indifferent If you average your like and you average your hate for the song... (laughs) Where would you end up? Yeah. It sounds like you're you pretty much like hate the vocals. Yes, which, I do. You know, we all do. Release your anger. <laughs> and then that little part that you like is such a small part of the song. So I think that that really only justifies you to bump your your rating up just a little bit more. So I feel like you're more of an indifferent on the song. Uh, yeah, I'm technically right in the middle. I'm right in the middle of yeah. on dislike and indifferent is where I would sit on this. Well, you know, I think we could give you a 2.5. Um, no, I don't want to get into this. No, no, no. We can't do that. <laughs> Because once we start doing that, then we go down a dangerous road. Okay. Well, well do you want to do you want to stay on your okay, or do you want to be indifferent? Depends on how much you want to put your soul pressured. into the project. 
<laughs> no, like, do you do you want to be the curmudgeonly fuck, or do you want to be the guy who's learning something here? I don't know what I learned though. Whichever I mean, of your answers will help the fans determine that. Right, but I think you're you're coming into that question with a bias because technically, if I change my answer, I've learned something because I've yeah. used the feedback from you guys to realize I hate the song more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone. <laughs> Everyone who learns something in movies g- does get suggested the thing to learn. They don't learn it on their own. Right. Yeah, but, 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 yeah you're right, Frodo. I do like you. <laughs> right, but the <laughs> but the point is you see learning as going into the positive direction as learning. Whereas I see learning as just if I take advice from all of you guys and change one of my answers, that's learning. It just means in this case it would mean giving the song a lower rating. I, I am just yanking your crank though. If it Does was it, if it were me, because like I know what you're talking about with that part of the song. But that part of the song is such a small part. Like I wouldn't rate the song based on that tiny little part. I right. rate the song based on the song as a whole. Okay. Yeah, and I think you have to go back to the, the rating of the you know where where it came on the radio. Would you listen to that whole song just to yeah. hear the 10, 20 seconds? That's no. Would you turn All it I off? would do is I would keep it on the radio if I turned to that channel and it was at this moment. I would ha- I would have to catch it at this moment. So you wouldn't listen to it if it came on at the start. Then you wouldn't. No, 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 absolutely not. Saying no, 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 no. So then you'd have to give it a. Uh, I mean, just judging by that. You don't like it, then. I mean, I don't know. All right. Well, then I'm going to switch here to an indifferent. Okay. I think that'll be the safest bet. And sorry, I didn't mean to change your <laughs> did, mind. Did we just, just did we peer? I know. I into that? No, 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 no. Because I I, I went into this going to get your feedback because I I genuinely was not sure of how to do it. So look, here's the deal. Let's listen to a song, and when we come back, I'm indifferent. When. <laughs> Let's listen to a song. And then when we come back, uh, we'll talk about all of our averages and we'll talk about where we all landed for the year and all the fun math. You guys love math, you nerds. So uh, let's listen to a track. This is a cool one from Beeler from the album Tape. That's B-I-H-L-E-R. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's eight pounds from Gary Heather, Binkley with the 786, Zach with the 777, Trevor Marples with the 7, and then I guess we'll do the donation of the beast when we come back. So I hope you enjoy this cool track from Beeler. This is Alienation.
And that was Alienation by Beeler from the album Tape. Now, it's called Alienation Instrumental, but I don't think there's actually a version with vocals. But uh, anyway, it's a cool song. And it was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters with the donation of the beast, the triple six. Now, I don't have time to play the jingle right now, but you guys know how it goes. There's like a wolf sound and some other stuff. So I just want to say thank you to Abashed Pudding, Adam Conway, Akio Nakasone, Andrew Betadine, Big Baby D, Boris, Cat Punk, Christian Quello, Dalton Bell, David Lavalley Jr., and... And Dobrotech. All right. There's a lot more of you. You'll get your shout out in just a bit. So look, I'm here with the Beyond Synth family, Marco, Florence, and Mike. We just finished uh, recapping our feelings on the number one hits of 1990. And now we are going to use Florence's awesome spreadsheet to uh, figure out where we landed. I guess since you guys can all see it, I can't really play a game with you. I was going to be like, hey guys, guess who? So... I think it's pretty clear that the person who liked this year the most was Mike, Mm -hmm. who comes in at a uh, 73%. Let me just explain. It's an average 3.68 out of a 5. So we were grading 1 is the most disliked and 5 is the most liked. So yeah, he was above average. A middle middle ground would be 2.5. So Mike is the highest highest rating for the 1990 is 3.68 which falls in the category of okay yes like an overall mike says this year's okay okay with so this 73 percent means like out of 100 yeah my positivity meter is at 73 yeah exactly think of it as like your grade for the year like if this if this year was in school you would give this year a 73.6 percent out of 100. So you gave this year about a C. And I flunked out of school because I gave this year a 44.8%, which means I have to do the year again. <laughs> I fucking failed. Ooh. I consider this year I'm indifferent. I am indifferent to the 1990 hits. Next is Florence with 52%. So you like this year a little bit more than me. Yeah, I, I thought it was like indifferent slash okay with my average as a 2.6 and a 52%. But I still failed. And then we got Marco, who liked it a little bit more than you. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, there were some yep. good songs in there, for sure. With a 2.84 and a 56.8%. I was happy that Marco gave a love to Black Velvet by Alana Miles. I liked that. You're cool, Marco. I had a friend message me about that, actually. Couldn't believe that, Andy. He messaged me while I was at work, and he said, I was listening to the podcast. <laughs> I, I'm with you and Mike. I can't believe Andy doesn't like that song. What the hell? I was like, it was so cool. I was like, oh my God, somebody actually listened and messaged. It's like, man, I'm right awesome. with you on that one. <laughs> and the least, the least like song yeah. is a uh, Tommy Page, "I'll Be Your Everything." That was real bad. So long that I've waited for a girl. We all said dislike on that. Yeah. And then our collectively favorite songs with both an average of four point five was a Vogue by Madonna. And nice. it must have been love by Roxette. Was 
So if I were to make a mixtape and you guys were all hanging out with me, I would put Madonna and Roxette on that mixtape. I would laugh at you because you're so lame. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> you would not. We'd have a good time because we'd all be like, I like that we all agree on these songs. <laughs> um, Do you think I could get you to dance like if you, like if we were at the same wedding? I haven't seen that in Andy Dance. <laughs> Like you won't, you probably wouldn't dance and like, hey Andy, come and dance with me. But what if like we did our own dancing of like some dosy doing with elbow locking and we're like <laughs> we're doing our own electric square dancing? Would you be listening to Black Cat by Janet Jackson? No, yeah. I I'll cut a rug to a song that I enjoy. Cut a rug, cut means- a rug to a nice little bop. Yeah, I don't I don't actually dance at all though, really. Um, oh. But yeah, so basically, just like Florence said, Tommy Page was also the only song that we all agreed on unanimously. So not only did we all hate it, but we all hated it to the utmost degree that one can hate something. (laughs) So that's how we uh, felt about the 90. And as a group, Florence, where do we all sit? If all of our things are averaged together, where do we sit? Average of a 2.84. So we thought 1990 was eh, okay, okay, almost. Yeah, we thought it was okay, almost okay. But like the bad side of okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah just under, like okay minus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We we gave we as a whole gave the year a 56.8 percent. If it was in school, yeah. So how about this? <laughs> Uh, that's all very exciting, and I like I like all this math and stuff. It's it's cool. <laughs> we just lost so many listeners. <laughs> oh, I don't care. <laughs> uh, percentages and fractions. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm gonna go listen to cereal again. Honestly, I bet I think a lot of my listeners are very technical people. You know, they're always like, I listen to your show when I'm doing my coding and this and that. So I bet you they fucking love math. Here's a question: Would anyone like to see this stuff published, like on a website? I hope so. I'm gonna make some fucking tableau visualizations so like when we open it to the fans to do their own survey they might get to see our stuff too so they'll be able to see the visual representation and then compare themselves once they do uh, their own ranking so like they'll be able to see like a bar chart or whatever with with us and the different colors and Florence will do something nice yeah Florence you got a lot of work ahead of you (laughs) oh yeah no it's fine I want to do it it's going to be fun. Let's listen to a song. And I thought maybe we'd talk about uh, be, be positive and talk about fucking stuff that I actually liked from 1990. And uh, we'll do that after we uh, listen to this. So I got a track here from Virtual Mage brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the donation of the Beast Club, the Triple Six, Dominic Walter, Electromechanic, Evan Allen, Franz Varga, Joe Esposito, Lolshka, Luke Timmermans, Nicholas Carl McNally, Night Ride FM, Owen Magali, and Philip Back. And I hope you dig this. This is Virtual Mage with Magic.
right, that was Magic by Virtual Mage, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters with the triple six, the donation of the beast, people like Pooh in an alleyway, Replicant 69, Ross Pentland, Artificial, Run the Skyway, Schneedlewoods, Stagger, Tomas Shimanek, Trippy, Zayon B, and we always like to end off the donation of the beast with the Polar Wildcat Studios with the 617. Okay, so I am back here with the Beyond Synth family, and look, I know sometimes I can uh, be a little dour. That's right, Andy. Something grabs a hold of you tightly, flows like a harpoon daily and nightly. (laughs) (laughs) Flows like a harpoon? Daily and nightly. Duh. What are you fucking stupid? Is that a, oh my God. an accurate way to describe a harpoon? Uh, is that really the lyrics? Well, I mean, like, flows? Like, you mean, like, this a harpoon flow? Yeah, and no is the answer to that question. How does a harpoon flow? I mean, a harpoon, like, flies. Well, I guess it flows with a rope on the back. Like, it kind of flows the way Would you use the I word guess. flow? No. Flow the harpoons, I would, man! I wouldn't <laughs> use the word flow for a harpoon. What would you say for the harpoons? <laughs> like something just like functional? Aim and shoot your harpoons, man! <laughs> would you throw a harpoon? You throw a harpoon, right? Throw, shoot, shoot your harpoon. You throw it. Or you re- do you release the harpoon? I guess in my vision, I, I'm imagining like the, the mechanical harpoon shooter as opposed to the one you throw. <laughs> Ready the the harpoon shooter boys. Okay, a harpoon <laughs> is a long harpoons. <laughs> I'm a, a harpoon. Pirate. Shut up. <laughs> harpoon is a long spear-like instrument and tool used in fishing, whaling, sealing, and other marine hunting to yeah, catch Mike, large fish or marine mammals <laughs> such as whales. Uh, it looks like you e- you can either throw or shoot a harpoon. I think nice because they're like harpoon shooters. Basically, it's like a fish killing machine mm-hmm. and kills all the nice little cute baby seals and whales. Write that down. I want that to be a fucking synthwave band. Fucking Fish Machine 85. Alright, what are we talking about here? You want to talk about what you liked about 1990. Yeah, yeah, because like obviously I'm sitting there shitting all over Mariah Carey and stuff. It's like, Andy, you're a piece of shit, right? But 1990 was the year that Depeche Mode's Violator came out. Now, Violator oh. is an album that I love. And I love a lot of songs on this album. I love the whole thing. And it's interesting to note, as I was going through reading all the trivia, is that obviously we're talking about number ones, like I said at the start of the show, but sometimes there's albums, like if you look back at like, you know, Rolling Stones, like best albums of the year and stuff, like Depeche Mode Violator is in a lot of top 10 lists of like albums of the year, but they never had a track that hit number one. Yeah. Yeah. Not in the US anyway. Yeah. And so even though people like look back at the album as like an important album, it never gets to number one. I, I don't know. I don't even know how high, like I think probably Enjoy the Silence probably got the highest and it was probably like number seven. I didn't actually research that part to probably be honest. 42 or something. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. So obviously that's a thing from 1990 that I'm a big fan of. Me too. This is cheating a bit. But Nine Inch Nails' uh, first album came out in 89, but some of the singles were released in 90. So things like Head Like a Hole and Sin, those were singles that were released in 90, so it's a bit cheating, but those are things I really like. Uh, Angelo Badalamenti with the soundtrack from Twin Peaks is also 1990. So these are things, if anyone's going like, Andy, like, well, what the fuck do you like then? Like, that's what I like. You know, it's like, Stuff like that. Well, that's the thing, though. This the, 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 the list we're going through is just number ones, and what you I know, I know what you're trying to say. It's not really reflective of 
a lot of the stuff for people listening to and there's, I'm sure there's a lot of albums just like Violator that didn't chart at number one so you're not going to hear about it this year yeah I went to Billboard uh Top 100 for 1990, and the first thing I'm noticing, the top, like, few of them, Wilson Phillips, Hold On, Roxette, It Must Have Been Love, Sinead O'Connor, 1, 2, 3, were all number ones at one point. Mm. Number four, Belle Biv DeVoe, Poison, that's not on our top, no, or our number one charting list. The second. It's interesting Hold that on. that was number four for the entire year of 1990, but never actually charted as number one. Wait, number seven is Phil Collins. Another Day in Paradise. That's also not on our It top, is not, uh, but I feel yeah. like that shows up later. Ooh, Hold on a second. Spoilers. Hold on a second. I, I do have to say one thing, too, just quickly. Like, yeah. as far as charts, I think the UK charts in the 1990s was a lot more reflective of my musical taste. I think it was it was quite different to the stuff that did well in the charts there as compared to the US. So I think during the 1990s, even Australia, I hated the charts in the 90s. So I, I actually did follow the UK charts a lot. I think they were more reflective of my personal taste. Anyway, they had a lot of cool shit in there. Yeah, that will be an interesting thing to actually compare and contrast when we're done doing the overall 90s mm-hmm. would be to like sort of just look at the differences. Like don't go through the entire UK chart, but just go like what were songs that hit number one in UK that didn't hit at all in the States or like didn't, oh, didn't so, reach number okay. one. Yeah. So Phil Collins' Another Day in Paradise was in hit number one in 1989. Ah, there you go. And that is one of my favorite fucking songs ever. No, that's a, that's a good one. But it charted, still charted in 1990, but not number one. Yeah, when I was going through the 80s chart, obviously I always sit there and say, well, I'm going to love the 80s. I'm probably still going to end up in like the 70% category when we get to the, the 80s years. But the difference with the 80s and the 90s is there is like at least four to five songs every year that I love, right? Like in the 90s, we get to the point where my best score is like, okay, or maybe there's one or two tracks that I like. But in the 80s, there are songs that I love that hit number one every year. And that's the difference. And so it'll offset the percent. But that doesn't mean there isn't songs that I fucking hate from the 80s. Like there is. I'm not I'm not like trying to paint some stupid picture like the 80s was some perfect musical time. It's just that there was so much variety in the charts. I mean, you look at some years and like the fucking Miami Vice theme hit number one. <laughs> Whereas you look at some years from the 90s and every song it's Mariah Carey for 14 weeks then it's boys to men for 14 weeks and like it all sounds the same yeah, it's so boring it's yeah so that boring. all starts Sorry, it's uh, just a consolidated list of like 10 tracks for the whole year starts in what like 93 or 94 we were talking yeah. about yeah and I was like theorizing where like in the 70s and 80s up, up before like the advent of everyone having modern cable in like you know the early 90s you know music was splintered about where you were getting your music from it was on the radio or your friends records or the record shop or like it's it was more like word of mouth and when mtv started becoming like the mass media conglomerate that it did in the early 90s people were just kind of going to one place to listen to the top music and then you just find all the you know only a subset of songs are up there forever and ever and ever because nothing ever changes and this is something i was talking to michael oakley about when when i was talking to him about it and he was bringing up the point that in the 90s the charts start to change the demographic so like it's almost like the hits in the 70s and 80s are almost aimed at more of an adult audience mm. it's like a more mature list and once you get into the mid 90s the charts start to be targeted at younger demographic like it's actually like the record companies mm. are now aiming the charts mm, at true. like 14 year olds yeah. yeah and it's like there whereas yeah. if you look at the 70s and 80s there's like 
I mean, I, I'll use the word more mature. It's almost just like the selections are like songs for adults and things like this. Yeah. Whereas in the 90s, it's like all the songs are like being focused and it's intentional by the record companies and stuff to like design songs that are that are designed to chart as opposed to here's a good song that everybody likes. Now it's like Mariah Carey with a team of producers making a song that they know is specifically designed to hit number one. So it's like, well, it has to has this tempo so it's not so offensive and it can be played in a mall and it can all this stuff can happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the fundamental change that starts to happen in the 90s that makes it different. Because I say, like, I'm not saying I have perfect musical taste. Like I said, I like some of the cheesy pop songs of like Britney Spears and Christine Aguilera and shit like in the late 90s. I actually do. Even though that pop is also super engineered, it's more fun to listen to than these fucking slow jam makeout songs of the mid 90s, like Mariah Carey Boys to Men stuff. So that's like the difference for me is at least like Britney Spears songs like have energy to them and like a cool beat and stuff. Whereas like, you know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to say Enjoy the Silence got to number eight in the US Billboard Hot 100 in, uh, in 1990. So, well, it got to number one in my heart, along with World in My Eyes and <laughs> Policy of Truth. And um, I love that album, too. Yeah, I yeah, know. It's, it's fucking fantastic. Uh, so, look, let's listen to another track, and we'll keep this uh, energy going of uh, positivity. I got an awesome one here from LeBrock, and it's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. People like Cenotaph, Jean-Christophe Lecomte, Mike Bailey, Nefas, Zen Frazier, Stephen Field, and Tim Brawl. So I hope you dig this track. This is LeBrock. Brock with heartstrings.
And that was LeBrock with the track Heartstrings. And that was brought to you by my awesome PayPals. That's right. Upgrade Jimpy, the king of the PayPals. Then there's Christian Beeler, Austin Whetstone, the Ross Conian, Brandon Morin, Ross Bruce, Digital Dreams, Gustav Velichek, Dan Williams, Felix Borselman, Russell Nice, Timothy Warwick, Jimmy Groon, and Jersey. You guys are awesome. Don't forget, you can support Beyond Synth by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth or... Like these awesome people have just done, you can go to beyondsynth.com and click on the PayPal option. And there's even a way to do a, a monthly subscription using PayPal. It's all super easy and awesome. And I'm back here with the Beyond Synth family, Mike, Marco, and Florence. And after we did our 1990 uh, Billboard top number one hits, and I was down on a lot of these, and so we're in the midst of uh, of being positive and talking about some of the things we uh, we actually really enjoyed from this year. And we got to talking about uh, Depeche Mode and uh, before. We went to the song, Mike. You were about to say something, then I cut you off. So you were, <laughs> you want to talk about music videos? Well, I was thinking, uh, me- the music video is one of the bigger things that like correlates with how many eyeballs and hype. Because in the '90s, it was like everyone was trying to top the oh, Puff Daddy's video is one million dollars, and NSYNC is two million dollars, and like music videos started to get competitive, and like they had these monster quote unquote film budgets, and like they were directed by mm. Hollywood people, like Joel Schumacher and Michael Bay and that's true uh, like I feel like music videos went from like a more niche art form to a total Hollywood yeah version of them when MTV also because MTV and Nickelodeon they're you know they're Viacom channels and I feel like they correlated to each other with like the kids who are just too old to keep watching Nickelodeon well they're now watching Spring Break and real world stuff on MTV and so like it's a closed system where they're showing music videos on Nickelodeon I used to watch music videos on Nickelodeon and uh, yeah I feel like I, I get what you're saying about like they're aiming younger because more kids have access to television as opposed to only being able to watch stuff, you know, on Saturday mornings. There were music videos on Nickelodeon? Sometimes, yeah. Really? Weird. Just like on the Disney Channel, although the Disney Channel had more like the safer saccharin songs. I was only allowed to watch the Disney Channel. Uh, my my mom was not a fan of Nickelodeon, so I didn't <laughs> see it. Was she grossed out by uh, Ren and Stimpy? Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. But I, I saw a bunch of Disney Channel, but I don't remember any music videos. That's weird. When we get into next year to 1991, there's obviously like the, the big Michael Jackson hit. And uh, I remember that was crazy because for some reason they they debuted that video on regular television because I didn't even have cable. And like when Black or White came out, it was yeah, like... they did that in Australia too. Yeah, they debuted it after The Simpsons. I remember it was just like, stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, they, they advertise it all week. And you're like, here's the debut of his, you know, right? That's what they used to do. And it was so exciting. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that when we do the 1991. Ooh, you guys are just teasing up a storm. Mm-hmm. I thought I would go through 1990 trivia things in music. I don't know why I never heard this. Maybe I'm an idiot and you're going to be like, you never heard that? But it said that Billy Idol... In 1990, got in a motorcycle accident. He had a bit part in the movie The Doors that got shortened. And then he was originally supposed to be the T-1000. What? But his motorcycle accident prevented that. So then they cast Robert Patrick. That's a better choice, I think. I'd never heard that in my fucking life. I mean, you never know, man. Maybe someone made it up. Can't believe everything you read on the internet. (laughs) 
<laughs> what I normally do is I believe everything I read on the internet first because I think that's the oh, best no. way to do things. <laughs> In Canada, May 29th, 1990, Toronto police threatened to arrest Madonna if she performs her simulated masturbation scene during her performance of Like a Virgin on her Blonde Ambition tour. The cops were going to get her if she actually did it. Oh my gosh. And then she did it. Anyways. Dude, she caused so much controversy. 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 She, she caused so much controversy. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah, caused so much bomb. controversy in the 80s, man. I mean, even in Australia, I remember seeing it on the news and they're talking about it on the fucking news about, like, uh, a lot of the songs, like Like a Virgin. Um, what was the one, Like a Prayer? Or the one where she's got... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the stupid burning shit crossing. now. You go... Yeah, and even the masturbation. Oh, man, a concert's so bad. It's such a... Ba-. I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> it's so tame, too. That's the, the funniest part. Going back and and uh, and looking at those videos and be like, what the fuck? Like, it's so tame compared to, like, you watch a video now, like, just watch a... Nicki Minaj and all that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her whole thing. Like, those those videos are so yeah. gratuitously sexual. And then you just consider that, like, people were, like, complaining about, like, Madonna because she, like, wore a corset in a video or something or, like, showed cleavage. Yeah, when, like, What's Her Butt has a song called... W A P, yeah, yeah, man, literally stands for wet ass pussy. Nice. Like. That's the, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this is exciting. September 11. Never forget. After a decade of performing in the francophone world, oh Celine Dion makes her formal English language debut in 1990. Isn't that exciting? Because we're going to get to her oh, later yeah. in the charts. Ooh, Celine Dion. You've been so negative with all these 90s music, Andy. I'm worried that you know. I've, I'm, I know you're going to turn around and say that when you watch Titanic. It didn't even make you cry. (laughs) Well, here's the thing, and this might fucking surprise you, Marco, is Mm -hmm. I actually don't mind a lot of the fucking Celine Dion songs. Like, I feel like... You're so hard to, like, I don't know, you just throw random shit out there sometimes, and I go, what? Well, because when we get to the the mid-90s when she shows up, her songs have, like, orchestra in the background and stuff. Yeah, whatever. They're not as boring to me as Mariah Carey's. Okay, fair enough. Fair the Celine enough. Dion ones All feel right. bigger. Enough. Like, yeah. they feel more like it's like an event listen, you know? Just Celine like, Dion is an incredible singer. She is. No, she really no is. Doubt. Yeah. She brings the drama to any anything. Yeah. The difference to me with her with her and, like, Mariah Carey and stuff and, like, some of the Whitney Houston stuff in the mid-90s as well is just, like, it's just boring. It's, like, they're boring and the music is boring, whereas, like, the Celine Dion song, some, not all of them, but some of them, they raise to, like, these crescendos at the end where, like, orchestras come in yeah. and the song feels feels big and has energy whereas like Mariah Carey songs are like you know like that's what it all sounds to me in like my ears just like this is fucking dull that's because uh, partially the Mariah Carey songs are meant to be played during whoopee yeah I know man <laughs> a lot of the chart topping ones that we're gonna get into they're all like super sexy ones that are like you know boys to men that are like yeah 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 a spank me daddy kind of song a spank me daddy <laughs> Spank me daddy songs. That's its whole genre. I just want to see what Andy says. <laughs> I know we haven't moved on to 1991 yet, and I just, just a preemptive, you can cut this out or whatever. I, I just want to say, like, I'm looking at the UK charts for 1991, right? And it starts off, I mean, compared to the Amer- the US chart, starts off with Iron Maiden, Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter. It was number one for two weeks, which I thought, I love that song at the time, but I can't believe that went to number one. But then you got, like, Enigma, Sadness was next. That was a huge then you song, got Queen, too. and then you got the KLF. Then you got the KLF 3AM Eternal. You know, like, it's just, it's all over yeah. the place. I love it because you never know what's going to be number one. It's not like it's 
You know what I mean? Anyway. Yeah, and I'll tell you what's number one in my heart is uh, awesome synthwave, like this track from Thought Beings. You know, I don't often play covers on the show, but I really like this one. They just released this. Uh, it's Time of the Season, which is a cover of the track from The Zombies, which is nice. It's our last track of the show, so we can end it off with some fun, because it's a fun track. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $5 Club, people like Alex Barshop, Anders Anger Jensen, who I should say is one of the people I spoke to. I know mentioned earlier that I was talking to some producers to try and figure out my feelings about why I have this weird aversion to the sounds of like some of these 1990 hits and Anders was one of the guys who I had a big long chat with as well and we were talking about keyboards and the sounds and stuff like that so it was it was helpful. And then of course there's Andrew Chukaz, Arcade Eyes, Bogdan Crevo, Captain Big Bucks, Kevin Taylor, Kempop, Chest Press, Magoo, then there's the Chris section with Chris Williams, Chris Sakharov, Christopher Albert, and Chris Christopher Hudson, followed by City Bat and Damien Rudy's. So, I hope you dig this. This is a cover of Time of the Season from the Zombies. This is Thought Beings.
And that was Thought Beings with Time of the Season, a cover from the Zombies. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $5 Club. We're talking about Dana Jean Phoenix, Daniel Dexius, Harkaden, Jeremy L. Corp, Josh Riley, Kai, King Koopazilla, Christian Micklebust, Lee McConnell, Marco Cranendonk, Melissa Blomberg, Mr. Gimson, Neon Zone, Rawr, Robocock, Roboito, Take a Deep Breath, Simon Norberg, Star Nomad, Stephen Forster, Steve from the Matrix, Sven Bomanis, Tatsuya Miwa, The Axle Effect, The Naked Flame, Tim Ross, Timothy Pierce, Tron Travolta, Watch Out for Snakes, William Dolphin, and City Lights. Holy smokes, that's a lot of names. Okay, and I'm... <laughs> Thank you all for supporting the show. Obviously, we couldn't do this without you. And I am back here with the Beyond Synth family. We are wrapping up this week's family show where we were doing our 1990s Billboard number 1 hit review. And I was making a list of other things from like 1990 that I liked. And another album from 90 that I... I don't know if I particularly know too much about this album, but Blind Guardian came out with Tales from the Twilight World. And I do like Blind Guardian. Ooh... I love Blind Guardian. How does that one go? Oh, that's their album. Like, uh, it, it, it's it's hard to sing Blind Guardian. <laughs> Blind, <laughs> Blind Guardian is nerd metal. Yeah, it's all like songs about Lord of the Rings and stuff. Which isn't that what connects everyone in Synthwave. <laughs> is everyone seems to have some kind of rock and roll, death metal, hardcore, some kind of background like that. I've ever not heard of them. Oh, you know, Blind Guardian's wicked. Blind Guardian's amazing. I was in a metal, but I'd never heard of them. They've got these big songs, but they do have lots of synth as well. So it's like metal stuff, but there's lots of cool like synth stuff going on. Although it's power metal, it's the best. Yeah, some of their earlier stuff, some of the synths are pretty cheap. Like you know, like when they do their orchestra sound synth, like they they use sort of cheap sounding orc synth things, but like it's still awesome. They what they sound like is like a bard. They literally sing a song called the Bard Song. I like that kind of <laughs> like melodic stuff. Yeah, it's like they're the dude in the bar in the in the bar. In the, you know, the medieval tavern, like doing the, except they do it with like fucking guitars. They have a a wonderful album, which is my favorite album called Nightfall in Middle Earth. And it was released in 1998, which is a concept album based on the Silmarillion. Yeah, they're nerds. So, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins. (laughs) (laughs) The friendliest <laughs> hobbit in the world. What's the next line? I always forget. Um, Bilbo. Bilbo, like, Bilbo Baggins. The, oh, Christ. That's yeah. the only part I know. Just the stupid music video with Spock, and then like there's the people like who pop out over like the hill, and like... It's, <laughs> the best oh, the bravest the little hobbit of them all. Yeah. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins. Baggins. He's only three feet tall. <laughs> Can you imagine how fucking high out of your gourd you gotta be to write, perform, and then think that that's, like, something that should be released and film the video? Like, there's so many steps that you had to have been high for. The song is not that crazy. It's the video. That's the drug-induced part. I feel like this song was written in a boardroom by, like, advertising executives. Then they gave it to some, like, hippie <laughs> California books. director, man, and they turned it into some crazy shit, and they're like, this is not what I signed up for. What year is that song? Is it, like, well, late 60s like, or 77? I'm gonna look that up right now. Oh, it's 77? 70, it's gotta be... Why does it look like it was filmed in, like, 69? 69. Maybe 78. I don't oh, know. Hold on, hold on, we're gonna... 
1968. Ooh, Jesus. Yes. 68. Yeah. That's crazy. I knew I knew it. Like it looks it looks super old that fucking thing. I assumed it was like 77 or 78 cuz that's when the Hobbit came out, the Ralph Bakshi Wait, movie. Wait, this is from an album? Yeah, it's This it's, is from uh, an album. Two Sides of Leonard Nimoy. What the? It's a good album. Let's talk about it on the next episode. The first song is called Highly Illogical. (laughs) Then, yeah, that's the the fourth song is called Spock Thoughts. So he's literally singing about himself. Spock Thoughts? What the (laughs) fuck? Are you serious? (laughs) All right, listen, we got to wrap this up, okay? Can I say one more thing? Yes. Real quick. I'm sorry. I don't like to always do this shit. I'm sorry. No, I just wanted to say with with a lot of the '90s music, um, one of the songs that came out, and and I mean, I, I don't want to keep referring to Australia and shit, but I mean, I don't know how it was in the US exactly, but I know in Australia there was a bit of, there was still that thing where synthesizer music isn't real music, you know, like it's got to be guitars and actual instruments. Mm. So with the older older um, people in society, there was still a bit of that going on. And I remember when Rage Against the Machine um, came out, you know, they, they had that big hit, you know, Killing in the Name of, and that was huge in Australia at the time, but. That I remember, like the big thing with that was like, oh, no computers were used in the in the making of this album was what one of the things they wrote in there, you know. And and I had some friends that were metalheads, like, yeah, man, you know. For, and and I always thought that was really weird, but I think that was like after that it kind of turned into like music's just music, you know. And that was kind of like the last thing for as far as as purists, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I went to fucking school with a guy like that. Yeah, Dude, like anytime like people like talked about synthesizers, just like like it's not real music, and I it always used to annoy me like that me that too. mentality because it's just like, dude, like music's about how it makes you feel, man. Like it, you know, the tools doesn't matter. Like it's, I mean, they matter, but yeah. I never understand when people have these weird hard fast rules about like just like I mean, just like synthwave, right? You know, just like yeah, it's this and this and this, and it's it's these specific things, and it's like fuck you. Synthwave yeah. shouldn't have vocals. <laughs> you fucking kidding me? Yeah. No, fucking people are dumb. Um, yeah. Which is a great way to end this. <laughs> people are dumb. That's great. So what did we learn today? Let's do like a... Ding, 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 ding. Uh, we learned that we as a group think that the number one Billboard hits of 1990 are okay or almost okay and Andy hates everything well I'm no I'm indifferent I think my average was I'm just kind of like meh I'm coasting through life like meh but you're the most hateful out of all of us. Yes. And you're a very hateful person. Yes. I like how, yeah, Do you it. just transformed <laughs> into the fucking emperor when you were thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. Good. Do it. That's my favorite. You just hear him in the background where he just says, like, kind of like, Good. And chuckles when, like, Luke. Anyway. So... Next week, next week, next time, uh, we'll all get together. We'll do 1991. I guess we are going to have to move a little faster next time because we also have another full year with a lot of hits to get through. And I do want to tackle the whole year next time. So we will uh, we'll try our best. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> Wait, was that your motivational speech? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just pretend I'm Aragorn on a horse. And I'm uh, we're marching in circles in front of the thing. And I'm going, Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins. And then you kick the thing, you break your foot. Hey, did you guys know that uh, when Aragorn fucking uh, kicked that helmet, uh, he really broke his foot and he screamed for real? Do you know that? Oh my god, I had no idea. Do you know that? Oh, I'm afraid the deflector shield will be quiet. <laughs> Operational when your friends arrive. When your friends arrive. I fucking love 
The Emperor is so awesome in that movie. I love <laughs> the Emperor is just evil and there's no like shade of gray in that guy like he's just this purest evil dude and the only thing that makes him happy is other people becoming evil and that's like it <laughs> it's hilarious yeah. like where he's just sitting there just like good find your hate and starts laughing i'm like he's just pure evil and it's awesome and he shoots electricity <laughs> out of his fingers and that's it so Thumbs up for The Emperor, thumbs down for 1990 hits, and we'll see you next time. Uh, say goodbye, Mike. Just like Bill Bellamy on that episode of Showtime at the Apollo. See ya. Just like that. Marco. Uh, t- goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got nothing. Sorry. That's okay. That's that's why we're stopping. Uh, Florence. Bye. <laughs> Go buy my album. Yeah, go buy our yes. album. See y'all later. Listen to it on Spotify. Make it clown the chart. Yeah. Yeah, let's try it. Let's put it on repeat and let's see if we can make Florence chart. I'm so happy about trying to, to manipulate my chart. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're not supposed to admit that stuff out loud, right? Or else people think well, it's... The, like, listen, it's a public out. chart. The secret really is to like just... Make sure you end up on as many playlists as humanly possible. That's no, how add you, me to and, add me to your playlist. I'm on like two playlists right there now. There you go. Add Florence to more playlists and submit her to other playlists so that maybe Thanks. she can chart. Yep. I'm not pulling strings behind the curtain like, uh, and I'm gonna make Florence a couple points higher. <laughs> I mean, like, I might get, like, a couple more cents on Spotify. I mean, if you want to pay me money, yeah, I'll chart your ass really high. How how would you do that? Give me 50 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Perfectly good explanation. (laughs) (laughs) Or chart your ass really high. I was like, okay, I'll just find a box then. Give me 50 bucks and I'll put you as number two on the chart. Sweet. Put me at number two. Bitch. Andy, release a song. <laughs> Bilbo. <laughs> Bilbo Baggins. They'll do the synthwave synth cover. Update. Yeah. That's my next cover. <laughs> Bilbo Baggins, 1983. <laughs> 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 All right, everybody. Uh, have a lovely week and uh, tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. All right, we're done. Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via PayPal at beyondsynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you.